Welcome to Chatman Beyond. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bert. And we are back on schedule. Uh, the reason that our last episode, the Charles Manson episode, dropped late is... Oh, I didn't start the episode with me asking you a highly offensive question. We've broken oh, our... Oh, dang. We've broken our new pattern. Um, My laptop <laughs> was overheating, so I brought it into the shop. I can't, can't really keep cutting podcasts and posting them online if I don't have a laptop. The so. laptop shop. Yes, so I brought it to the laptop shop. I was, uh, you know, I, I was out of a laptop for I think three days. I went and picked it up on Saturday, cut the episode, dropped it. We were recording this Sunday night. Um, and it does not feel like Sunday to me. It doesn't, right? It feels like a Monday, and it feels so late. Yeah, it's only nine o'clock. I know, but it feels like it's like. Well, it's because it gets midnight. dark at twelve oh one p.m. here. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I don't know. We're we're gonna be back on schedule now. We're gonna yes. be yes, sir. We're gonna be back on every Wednesday. Actually, we were we were on a three week uh, a three week um, streak before my laptop. God, we can't even do a fucking month in a row. Well, my laptop was overheating. And oh well. I was using it for lots and lots of important stuff, which Mom we'll was cover using later. It. All right. So All right. About a month ago, we uh-huh. got about a month ago we got a letter in the mail. From, no, a couple yeah. of weeks. Three weeks? Two? I'm going to go ahead and say it literally doesn't matter. Okay, fine. <laughs> right. two and a half, two and a half weeks ago, we got a letter in the mail from, well, we thought it was from Cinemagic, the, um, the local Our theater. Our local cinema. Right. It's an IMAX theater over in Saco, and it was uh, a- It's pretty fucking cool. It was just a card. It was a gift card, and with no name attached, so we just- <laughs> And it, it said- <laughs> There was a message and it said, life sucks, go see a movie. And we were like, wow, Cinemagic knows we're, (laughs) Cinemagic knows we're miserable. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Cinemagic. (laughs) Help offset our depression. Um, And we were kicking around theories and ideas. um, Like, how how did they get our address? And I'm like, well, maybe when we swiped our cards. And then I'm like, but why did they send it to us? And I'm like, maybe Cinemagic is very liberal and they sent these to everybody who didn't vote for Donald Trump. (laughs) Uh, Because we got the card like... I, it was shortly after the 16th it was shortly after election day i remember that because um we were yeah we were that was like a devastatingly horrible week um it, yeah it really was not good but that'll be covered on soapbox battles which actually we should sit Yay. down we should sit down and record that soon because i have so much serious stuff that i wanted to I'm talk sor- with you about. i'm sorry i just it's I okay don't... hey let's ask our listeners um no let's finish the story and then ask our listeners um so we got our well, our amazing this amazing gift card which was like hey everything is shitty go check out a flick Turns out, of course, we did. Turns out we well, we and we were debating what to go and see, but then I had a thought, and I think I I thought to myself, I know, I think I know who sent this. I know, I know who sent this, and that uh, we're just gonna say that lovely, generous, dashing, beautiful person, um, wonderful couple, had been asking, uh, what my opinion of Doctor Strange was. I hadn't seen Doctor Strange because I had no fucking money. (laughs) Um, I said Doctor Strange and Trinity bolted up right on the couch. She really loved the movie. Um, so that, that cinched it for us. And Bird and I went and saw Doctor Strange. So so let's ask our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> let's ask our listeners right up top um, for those who only listen to six minutes of each episode. Um, and if you do listen to six minutes of each episode, please, five stars. Uh, rate and review us. We would love that. 
Chapman and Robin has been a lot of things since we started it. It started as just a like Bird and I sitting down conversational <laughs> mm. podcast that we did kind of because I was working on Marlin and it was a good way for us to like reconnect and also like have a place for uh, news about the movie. It kind of evolved from there um, into like comics and movies and nerdy TV shows. Mostly we'd covered a lot of comic books stuff and it became like a sort of like a pop culture talk nerd podcast podcast, like a catch-all for everything nerdy and geeky then over there's been several episodes which are usually my favorites which were kind of loosely inspired by what eventually (laughs) alice snively and i did on morning word for like the four or five months that that podcast was going um which was like in-depth conversations about like feminism and this i'm talking about we've done this on chatman and robin mm-hmm. before because aaron and uh, alan have commented and mariah right. has commented um but we used to do like in-depth conversations about feminism and like um them liberal issues which are mm. so which are so hot button Ew. hot topic issues right now um but we used to do that sort of like in-depth conversation on, on talking like, about the gays well like in yeah well, yes and like other in what i would consider to be important things um so what? bird and i are had a bit of a crossroads here i we're we're on different sides of the of the bridge for the first time and i want to know what our listeners would like to hear if they or what they'd be interested in hearing because there was a couple subjects we were supposed to talk about tonight which i won't get into here but which bird was like mm, this is too serious and too heavy our I our show is light it's it comedy be, entertainment i just didn't want it to be angry i didn't i didn't want this to become a ranting podcast the only one that i think was ranty was we were going to talk about cultural appropriation and that was the oh. only ranty thing but this i wanted to talk there's we'll do it on soapbox battles now because we have the another show planned for you today which is going to be all sorts of pop culture uh, mm-hmm. uh kind of fun pseudo macabre stuff like we've been doing lately but like i this this podcast is kind of where i learned where my where my feminism evolved like talking to you about it and hearing your opinions on it and then hearing like support and like contrasting mm-hmm. voices from our audience that kind of like helped define some ideas for me so i think that this podcast at least in the past has been a place to talk about um like social issues and stuff but i don't know what do you guys want to hear do you want to hear us talk more about like insane body modifications and genital mutilations and weird fetishes and we can do podcasts on witchcraft and sex and all sorts of like stuff to make you cringe on the train on your way to work i'm mm. looking at you casey um I'm trying to keep albert it. fish we could do a whole episode on albert fish. oh my god i'm doing a i'm doing a concept album about albert fish right now which we'll get to uh eventually uh, by the end of the podcast i'll talk a little bit about it but what do you guys want to hear do you would you be up for hearing about some like serious social issue talk type stuff or should i put all of the serious i just don't want to go like a uh, full liberal version of rush limbaugh I just want to do that. I don't want to. You don't. Okay. So what I'm asking, I'm what I guess what I'm asking everybody out there is, should I should this be like the fun light comedy thing, and I just find another venue for those topics and those conversations, or is would is that a conversation that you'd be interested in hearing? Anyway, we'll have to wait and see what they say um, until next week when I get responses to this. Mm-hmm. But um, in the meantime, let's talk about Doctor Strange. Okay. All right, go, bird. Oh, fuck. 
I'm um, sure that's exactly what this wonderful couple <laughs> wanted to hear. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> okay, well. We're starting with, by the way, the the, the Debbie Downer, and I'm going to just oh, come all over Jesus. this microphone. So I went into this not knowing anything about Doctor Strange. Um, You're not a, con- this- you don't have a background in the comics. Right, yeah. Um, I kept confusing him with um, Dr. Fate mm-hmm. for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's like the cape thing and the D- like he's mystical. A, Dr. Fate, for those of you who don't know, DC superhero. Um, a one-time member of the Justice League. Yes. Um, or many-time member of the Justice League. I didn't know anything about this and watching the... Um, watching the... Uh, the previews, things seem sort of problematic for me. Um, Not to get into social issues, but you're talking right. about... Um, uh, um, whitewashing the the mystical... The ancient one. Eastern Which is person. weird because usually for you, Tilda Swinton can do no wrong. I love Tilda Swinton. I really do. But the, the, um, like the, they didn't use an Asian actor for the ancient one. Well, there was, I mean, so weird. the only Asian that was there was Wong. And right. then all of the, no, actually, there was actually very few Asians in this, even though a big, a large portion of the film took place in Kathmandu. Oh. Kathmandu. Um, so, yeah, that was sort of pro- problematic for me. I thought it was really cool that they cast a woman. In the um, India, what? Go ahead, keep talking. I'm gonna look this up. Um, I love when they cast Tilda Swinton in um, androgynous roles or um, do a little gender swapping. That's that's one of my favorite things. That's one of the reasons that I love Tilda Swinton so much. Um, Kathmandu is in Nepal, so it should have been Nepalese people. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, um, like in Constantine, she's awesome in Constantine when she plays uh, the angel Gabriel. She's fucking epic. I mean, actually, you know, let's just go ahead and say Tilda Swinton is amazing in everything she did. One of our favorite movies of last year, uh, Only Lovers Left mm. Alive. Tilda Swinton plays like a, well, she plays a, a, vampire, a vampire, like an ageless yeah. vampire, Eve. And as always, she's like, she's peerless. She's unmatched. She's such an amazing actress. But you just. <sighs> um, it, it and they didn't. Um, I thought that she was going to be. I thought the ancient one was male and that Tilda Swinton would be playing a male character, Mm -hmm. which it didn't end up that that was the truth. She was always referenced to in the female and they talk about her background being um, like druid. They say which that, was confusing for me because I don't, I, I don't know if they I, said druid, but they did say like Anglo-Saxon. It they was were... some sort of like ancient Celtic. Right. Thing. Yeah. 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 Like she's, she's she has from, like a germ, like a like a Scandinavian background. I I I just as soon as they described her and kind of told where she came from in that brief, very brief little thing, I was like, oh, she's a fucking druid. So that that yeah, that's just very I don't know frustrating for me to like take the the power of the Eastern mystics. And have them teach a white man not to uh, not to talk about not to talk about it, <laughs> but you're we talking talk about. about cultural appropriation. <laughs> I don't know that, and that comes up a lot. Like the the mystical other, right. the magical black man is like a film trope as well. Yeah. Um, so that I I kind of have a problem with. Um, 
Like you, we have to have the the white savior. This you know, is it couldn't be like this. I don't know. This is our. Uh, this is the light. <sighs> this is right here is L the L I T E version of the conversation that Bird and I kind of had the other day while we were walking. Because again, I'm gonna go ahead and say like this. Yes, this. Uh, we can't get into it we can't because it'll just turn into like a social issues conversation we have to just keep it light and totally on the surface and not dig in at all or it's gonna just turn into social Mm. issues um because john john constantine does stuff does shit like this all the time he does voodoo john constantine does voodoo and it's like one of the fucking coolest things ever but every time he does it do we look at him and go like oh well he's culturally appropriating a religious belief of another culture i don't know i don't know i'm I'm not saying cultural appropriation that's not what i think is happening here i think it's um sort of putting them on a pedestal and saying that all non-white people have like a, an inherent magical quality to them mm-hmm. and the white people just have to tap into it and we will save the universe yeah which hey guess what happened in this movie not to anyway so not that's, ever to, that's just ahead. that's where i was coming from before we saw the movie right the movie was good i didn't leave there going oh my god we have to buy that when it comes out or mm-hmm. Like, oh, I would watch that again. I just, you know, just chalk it up to experience and just kind of... Chalk it up eh. to experience? Like, ah, oh, fool me once, never go see Doctor Strange again. Was it really? You didn't like it that to it that It wasn't extent? Guardians of the Galaxy. Nothing is Guardians of the Galaxy. That was... Even the Avengers wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, my mm, God. Avengers 2, yeah. Lord have mercy. Um, Some of the stuff was really cool. Um... I was disappointed that the majority of the film was CG. I guess I'm just sort of old school in that way, that I really like physical props and real life We're going to have to start having a dialogue during your review because I'm never going to remember all of the counterpoints to each of your points. Okay, well, CG, big one. Okay, I thought that this was maybe the best and most justified use of CG ever. Because usually when movies use CG, they just do it out of sheer laziness because they're like, we don't want to have to hire 50 extras. Let's just digitally throw 50 extras Mm -hmm. in there. With the Marvel movies, a lot of the times when you see CG, it's because they're showing you stuff that does not exist physically. They're showing you like. And I understand why they did it. But we had already seen this idea happen in Inception. They already did the the world bending in Inception. No, this was this was better than Inception for and actually, uh, by the way, Inception. A lot of that stuff that you're talking about was done practically. Inception. I liked Inception. Right. I. Okay. Look, when <laughs> you you cannot, it is physically fucking impossible when Strange goes on his like interdimensional trip, and like. like strange's fingers are growing out of his or heads are growing out of his fingers and like we fall into his eyeball and like that weird psychedelic trip you can't do that practically i'm not saying that you can Mm. what i'm saying is that this movie should have been more grounded in character work rather than oh you know what we should do is just fucking masturbate in the cg room that was, I mean, part of what I loved about the movie was it, how it psychedelic it was. It felt hollow to me. Wow. Okay. 
I really enjoyed okay. Doctor Strange a lot. I thought it was super good. Um, and I really liked the climax of the film. I thought the climax of the film was really clever, too, because all of Marvel's movies so far have ended with giant, um, violent showdowns. And this was one where a hero, as, Ad, um, as Adam pointed out, um, the hero uses his brain rather than, than like, violence to uh, use his, like, uh, logic to win instead of just, you know, fighting the enemy. Speaking of Adam Lau, um, I asked Adam like three or three episodes ago, I think, or maybe four episodes ago, um, we were talking about Halloween, the movie by John Carpenter, and I asked him to do a, give me a full report on why the Halloween theme was so effective. And what about it? Um, we, you know, what, what made us like respond to it and react to it. And uh, I didn't actually expect him to fi- like file paperwork with me or whatever, but he I just got a message from him like uh, probably five days ago, which gives us a full musical theory breakdown of why the Halloween theme works. Yeah, you were doing your thing, so I just thought I could zone out. <laughs> Go on Instagram and stop doing the show? I was looking at Casey's profile. I- oh my god. Sorry. Okay, it's fine. Um... Adam says, hey, so this is more than a few weeks late, so feel free to dock my grade by a half a letter. <laughs> I'll make no excuses other than my forgetful brain and my hectic transition from opera back to being a full-time lumber jockey. Here's my reactions. Lumber to, jockey? Yeah, I think he works at Lowe's. Oh, okay. Um, which Bummer. is funny because he's it's uh, the same as his last uh, name, wow. so <laughs> he's destined to be there Sorry, forever. Um, no, please don't. Um Here's my reactions to John Carpenter's main theme from Halloween. If I remember correctly, you had conjectured that the root of its effectiveness was because it featured the tritone interval. The first interval is actually a perfect fifth, then opening to a minor sixth. Adam is very, very smart, and he has degrees in music. So if you and can... this is why I'm zoning out because I don't understand. No, it's any fine. Of he does explain okay. it to me. Um, oh, okay. The tritone would actually be a half step smaller than the perfect fifth at six half steps away from each other. It's not very often used in common practice uh, tonally because of its dissonant nature, which is interesting because it divides an octave fully in half. Yada, yada, yada. I'm sure you are now fully bored. The church in the Middle Ages did refer to it as Diobalas in Musica. And it, uh, I think that's right. Or Diabolus. Diabolus. Maybe. Diabolus and Musica, and it became one of the rules of composers of the time to not be used in church music. But it's important to remember that these rules were often applied to works after they were written, and the tritone was usually avoided because of its dissonant and unsettled nature, and not because anyone was worried about waking the dead or anything like that. Uh, you what? Wanna, Dang. Do you want a really good example of a tritone? What was that movie we watched? Um, the one we fucking loved, the heavy metal stoner rock and roll movie. We watched it on Netflix. They raise the dead. They kill people with dildos. Oh, um, it's only like something gasm, death gasm, death gasm. Okay, death gasm. The song that they play in death gasm to raise the dead, very reminiscent of Black Sabbath, heavily features tritones. Um, now this is where it gets not musically um boring. No. Where it becomes, where uh, Adam actually explains. Now, as to why I believe the theme from Halloween is so effective, I believe it's two reasons. First, 
Horror films as a genre have also been subtitled suspense films, and that is something that the Halloween theme outlines perfectly. If you think back to its usage in the movie, was it usually used when big action was happening or when Michael Myers was hanging around the corner while the hot young co-ed walked through a dark forest, etc., etc.? He clearly has never seen Halloween because that never happens. But he, he does have a... <laughs> He does have a good point. Like the theme is used in usually in like broad daylight when Michael Myers is like watching the girls walk around just fucking town. standing there doing nothing. Yeah, staring. it's used to add suspense. It's not actually used during action sequences. It's used as oh, like Oh yeah, is there anything playing when like uh sometimes just they'll stab. sometimes they do the uh the like uh No. There isn't. They usually do it. Some a lot of it's unscored. I think it's just like yeah, just in my head. Jamie it's Lee un- Curtis like breathing and screaming. She has a pretty screaming. solid scream. The reason it does that so well, back to Adam, is because of its static nature. It really only uses four pitches, and the repetition of those pitches makes us yearn for something more to happen. Think the Jaws theme, just two notes. Mm. The other reason I believe the Halloween theme is so effective is because of its simplicity. Even when Wagner was writing his four-and-a-half-hour-long operas, he used simple, recognizable light motifs. Think Ride of the Valkyries, as I'm pretty sure you've seen Black Hawk Down. Rather than richly underscoring, I would also like to point to Barber's um, uh, Adagio for Strings as used in We Were Soldiers? No, I don't think it's We Were Soldiers. I think it's uh, it's the one with Willem Dafoe, Platoon. Oh, my God. Um, Barber, the adagio for strings in Platoon is fucking amazingly used. Another very simple song. Um, back to Adam. Rather than richly underscoring slash orchestrating his theme, it is presented rather plainly with a synthesizer. It's the one of the first uses of the Moog on film. Uh, presenting, and also a piano. The Moog. Um, presenting the musical landscape so barrenly. What did you say? I loathe the mode. I know you do. Presenting the musical landscape so barrenly adds another unsettling element to it as we we are constantly longing for something more to happen. I hope that makes sense and isn't too jammed with boring detail. Um, yeah, I mean, there. That's why I fucking love the people who listen to our podcast because... Every single one of them knows way more about something than I do. And I can just ask them for information. So that is why Adam thinks that the Halloween theme is so effective. Cross that off the fucking list. Do you have any responses? Thanks, Adam. Getting us edumacated. Oh, we're going to get sued by Kevin Smith for that one. Oh, please. Um, I wonder if there's other... Oh, I, I think I joked that I was going to have him do Tubular Bells next. The theme from The Exorcist. <laughs> That famously, uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, anyway, the direct. Hey, did you look up, by the way, if that guy in the opening scene of Star Wars is in fact yeah. the priest? It is him. It is the guy from the. How op- is he not dead? I don't know, but the guy from the opening scene of um, 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 the Force Awakens, the old man. Bird and I were watching that movie, and we were looking at it, and we were like, huh, who the fuck is this guy? Like, this movie's like... gotta be somebody famous. This movie's chock full of famous people, and he seemed kind of vaguely familiar. He had, like, a gravitas. So you're like, hmm, I wonder who this guy is. And he's the one who, like, gives Kylo Ren shit, and then Kylo Ren, like, executes him in front of everybody. And we were like, who is that guy? And then finally, I was, it, like, clicked in my head, and I was like, oh my god, it's the old priest. It's the older priest from The Exorcist. Holy shit. 
And I don't think I, I don't know if I did look it up to verify it, but I'm oh I'm like a hundred I'm like 199 percent sure that is absolutely correct. Please, <laughs> come on! There's no way he's still alive. He was so old he's, when that movie came uh, out. He's totally still alive. Whatever. I mean, Christopher Lee was in movies in like 1803, and he. <laughs> <laughs> That is a fact, by the way. That is a. This is why we have to fact check you, because you. No, because when you fact check, you lose the flow. You just gotta lie. Your mom loses. You just have to lie constantly. She did once, and then nine months later, along came me. Ew. Um, yeah, that was. Ew. Hey, you fucking asked for it. So we did just take a little break, and Bird looked it up. I am absolutely correct. He plays Father Marin in The Exorcist. I was right. Okay. Yep. Joy. Bird hates happiness. What is your? Let's talk about what you did uh, yesterday. Yesterday was Saturday. Yesterday was Saturday. Yesterday was Saturday. Yes. <laughs> Today is Sunday. Today is Sunday. Correct. <gasps> well, what do you want me to start at the very beginning, or do you want me to start with the biggest thing? Was there more on Saturday? Did we do other yeah. stuff on Saturday? I yeah, did, I did other stuff on Saturday. Sure. And did you want to do other? Stuff? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. That's what I remember. Okay. I remember. Okay. The, start at the beginning. Well, uh, first thing, I went to meet up with a gentleman named Mike mm-hmm. at the Awesome Hobby Shop, which is a um, mostly like a tabletop nerd game. store. Yeah. By um, the way, nerd always in this podcast. Positive term. Um, magic-y, D&D-y. Magic the Gathering. Uh, Meetup spot. Um, so I... Um, have seen artwork in the shop for ages. We walk by there fairly often, and um, I've always seen these really cool paintings in there. So uh, a couple days ago, I walked in there and I spoke with, I believe, the owner, Matt, and I was like, hey, so how does one go about getting art in here? Mm -hmm. And he pointed me towards um, Mike, who was their art director. And... Long story short, I met up with Mike yesterday. Um, sounds like I'm going to get some space on their walls, uh, which is super exciting. I'm hoping um, I can start selling some stuff there. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm going to be involved in their first show since Mike took over as art director. Um, it's called Kick Flipped. Tell us about Kick Flipped. Kip. Kick flipped. Well, t- um, hold on. First, tell us about the artwork they're going to be putting on the wall. Are you going to sell originals there? Or are you just yes. Gonna, are you just um, going to sell prints? He said he wants at least three originals, but we can sell prints as well because there um, sounds like there's another artist there who primarily wants to sell prints. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's like a rule: three at least originals, and then right. prints as well. Okay. Um. So, yes, some originals definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm kind of doing like a sexy lady theme. I feel like that'll be a big hit there. And um, Kick Flipped. Right. Kick Flipped is a skate deck show. You paint a skate deck. Um, that will be the 1st through the 16th of February. And where is, <clears throat> I mean, obviously I know, but tell our listeners what? what few that we might have in Maine, where Awesome Hobby Shop is located in Biddeford. It is right on Main Street. It's at the corner of Main Street and what is that? One? Is it one? I think it's one, yeah. Um, Go on with kickflip. Sorry, didn't mean to. Um, I should have looked up the like actual tag to the show, but. Uh, it's just kind of like whatever you want to do. Um, it's not juried. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's just um, Mike reached out to people he whose artwork he likes, so it's sort of juried in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt really good to be selected after um, just reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, how's this, how does this work? Um, and having him check out my website and being like, yeah, be in this show. Mm-hmm. But it might also just be him like, I need bodies in my show. So <laughs> paint something, anything on a skateboard. We saw a show like this in Traverse City, didn't we? At the, what is the museum there? We went there with Alan and Aaron and saw there was a big... It's not the DeVos, I want to say. It's It's not the DeVos. There is, but it's the the art museum in Traverse Mm -hmm. City. We went and saw a show that was, um, like, primarily... There was that one guy who was painting a a mural on the wall while we were there. That was cool. Yeah, but a lot of the art that was there was skateboard decks, right? Mm, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So it's a popular, um, I don't know, medium for some reason. Well, there's I have noticed that there's a lot of youths in Bitterbird who Ugh, skateboard around. Youths. So up to no good. I mean, maybe one of them will be like, yes, I would like to. Are you, you going to talk but about these what are you're... definitely not. Um, these wouldn't be sold to then actually be skated on. These are definitely meant to be art pieces. Really? So like so you would buy it and you would, would put it up in your home. Would you be super sad if someone bought it to skate on it? I don't care. Oh. Do you want to talk about what your art will be or do you want to wait until after um... the show? <laughs> really? You? I've never known. It's amazing how coy you are sometimes. Uh, yeah, we can we can talk about it. What are you going to paint on the bottom of your board? I'm going to put, put a pussy on it. <laughs> I'm going to put a big old happy pussy on it. Uh, you're going to do painting? Yes. Acrylic? Yes. Okay. I can't obviously do watercolor, so. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. You could Duh. you could do oil paints. Oh my or god! Or spray paints. Fuck that shit. So you're gonna do uh, you're gonna do a pussy? Are you gonna do mm-hmm. so? J- a vagina. Kind of reminiscent of Man Ray's lips in the sky. It's not gonna have any like. There's gonna be no legs, no butt cheeks. It's nope. just gonna be a just a, a close hap- up. Happy pussy. Yep. Are you, uh, do you have any idea? There was some uh, some tension when I asked Mike about it. <laughs> with Mike or uh, with... yeah, no, like I wanted to ask him before I just went ahead and did it mm-hmm. because I mean it's it's a store where kids go, right. so I didn't want to I don't know over overstep the boundaries, right? Um, but then you know that that's not something that I find offensive personally, right? I don't think we it's should. a vagina, it's a piece of anatomy, mm. you know, um. But I wanted to just run it by him and make sure that I wasn't going to be <laughs> blowing my chance there before I even get my art in. <laughs> right. Do you have any um, idea, uh, like you said, you're definitely working from reference photos. Have you done any, um, who's got the, do you know whose vaginas you're going to put on the board yet? What? No, an I amalgam, It's going to be an amalgam any... of a couple, right? Yeah, I'm not going to like. Just take one yeah. person's, but okay. No. So are you... I, you're going to keep us posted in weeks to come uh, on your pussy research? I sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is, is it going to be, do you, so what do you think? Like like hairy pussy? Or like um, clean shaven pussy? I hate clean. Slightly fuzzy pussy? Yeah, maybe like like peach fuzz. Peach fuzz pussy. Mm, oh, so it's going to be one of, those, of fuzzy. one of those Georgia pussies. Sure. <laughs> All right. Do you have any Southern other? Southern and full of racism. Do you have any other art news? Um, beyond getting stuff 
in a, a gallery, which is huge. Gigantic. What I mean is, um, uh, like, do you have new stuff up on your website and Instagram that people should no, go look at? No, um, but I will be producing a lot of stuff, hopefully, in the next two days here. I have... Um, two days off. Monday and Tuesday off, yeah. So I'll yeah. be working on stuff for what's so it actually, and also the for the time, website and i will hopefully be blogging that, that they hear this all of that yeah will be yeah done. go check the website so yes you have lots go of do new it. art out tons <laughs> of new art just hand over fist new art blog posts and an updated website so you can know, go what, check what? all that out right now because today is wednesday the 7th is this, this very day right now <laughs> We're, We're talking about the future. Isn't this in amazing? The past. We just traveled to the future to uh-huh. let people know about stuff that's not happened yet. It's like we're prescient. Um, so how, have you been keeping track on your website at all? I've, I've been curious about this. Uh, do you have any idea? And you know, no, no, obviously no pressure or anything. But do you have any idea when you're gonna get stuff in your store? Oh, um. I we could. are in the capitalist month of consumerist frenzy. This is the month to sell shit. You know, um, I have pieces that I could sell already that are already up on the website. Um, mm-hmm. You just need to get the prints made, or are yeah, you selling originals? I I don't know. I'm I guess I'm kind of precious still about originals, mm. um, and I haven't found a good place yet um that does prints i probably should do that tomorrow as well take a look around and see if you can find someone yeah um you could do a series of pussy prints for the holidays yeah do like happy happy christmas you could do like an andy warhol series of like primary color pussy prints and then secondary color pussy prints I don't know. I'm still thinking about modern art because that is hopefully going to be an episode that we do here somewhere uh, shortly. So, but do you have any idea? Like, you have stuff. Um. Well, I I just have to I guess kind of get that shit together. Mm-hmm. Get prints made if I'm going to do prints, or get really good scans of the originals. You know that sort of thing, and just get it up. Really, it's just a matter of sitting down and doing work. Okay. So. Again, no no pressure for pinning down an actual date, but do you think that people could maybe look forward to seeing stuff in the store before the month is out? Um, yeah, probably. So possibly be able to get some stuff for Christmas. I yeah, right, because that's what you guys want for Christmas. Uh, want to want to get your your friends and loved ones. Watercolors of naked women and witchcraft paintings. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think our audience uh, does. Okay. Um. All right, uh, so moving Tell on. Tell your friends about them. Moving on on Saturday, uh, after you talked to Matt about Mike. the art. Mike. Sorry. I mean, Matt was there as well, but. Okay, Mike. after we talk, after you talked to him you about You know, let me finish show. telling my oh, vagina story. Go ahead, vagina Okay, story. so, um, I mean, it's not a very long story. It's just, I wanted to run by Pussyboard, mm-hmm. run, run Pussyboard by Mike, mm-hmm. or by Matt, I guess. Yes. Okay, so there was... So, yeah, I didn't officially get permission from the owner of the establishment. Mm-hmm. Mike gave me permission. Okay. Um, but an interesting thing happened um, when I was standing there um, because Mike was asking. I was not asking. Mike was speaking with Matt's girlfriend about it, and she was saying, nah, nah, nah. and um, there were some, I'm guessing, friends or regulars who were standing there. They seemed to be very, be very friendly with everybody. Um mm-hmm. And one of the guys said, you can't paint a pussy on that, blah, blah, blah. I've skated on that deck. 
And Mike says something effective like, I'm not going to be painting it. Like, I'm doing my own thing. Mm. Um, and the guy says, well, at least make it a cock and balls. And I was just like, seriously? Are you fucking kidding me? That's why it has to be a vagina. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> so I am maybe or maybe not painting an illegal pussy and somebody else wanted it to be a dick instead. So that is my story. And we won't go any deeper into it because that would be talking about social issues. <laughs> moving, yeah. Moving on. Um, other stuff that happened on Saturday. I'm thinking of the the big thing. We went, oh, let's see. We went to a we went to like a a crystal oh, shop. Oh yeah, we did. See you again. Something you're super dissatisfied with. Yet we left with a super cool um like I'm really witchcraft happy about calendar. what we got. But and a bunch of yeah okay. But and we went to a and cool, the proprietor was very nice. Extremely nice. We went to a cool little um like it, I guess Crystal Shop is the best name for it. It was like a new like a new age new age shop new age gift shop type thing. Uh, it's called Dragon Age Creations. It's in Sanford. Uh, Dragon Star Creations. Dragon Star Creations. Sorry, Dragon Age is a game. Um, a coworker of mine recommended it to me. His girlfriend frequents the establishment. Um, apparently she's a practicing witch, and he has a academic interest in the occult. Um, so we were like, "Hey, cool! If there's like an occult shop nearby, let's go check it out." We went down there, got some incense. They had like swords and like ceremonial knives and stuff, which was all cool. And then uh, they sold tea and athames. What? Athame. What's an athame? It's the ritual uh, knife. Oh, I didn't know that. Where'd you mm-hmm. learn that? The internet. Hmm. Okay, cool. Picked that up from a, a D&D forum then. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, so then we went to Portland. I think we went straight from there to Portland, right? We did, yeah. Well, we stopped Taco Bell where oh, they got God. our order wrong and... <laughs> made me repeat the order like 27 oh times and then the food we did get was garbage and i remembered why we shouldn't eat at taco bell what <laughs> okay i'm just i'm remembering that chick just not being able to get her order and me being furious about it and it's making me mad <laughs> that's fine i feel like fury just... like low level fury is one is like your default mode so she just fan- what's my secret i'm always angry <laughs> Yeah, you're literally just Mark Ruffalo in the Avengers. Oh, I, I wish. No, I want to be Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo's a hottie. I want to be Mark Ruffalo not in the Avengers where he's a total hippie. Like a total... Oh my God, where he's like a real life Avenger? Right. Yes. Like I wish we could talk about that, but we can't because that's social issues. <sighs> Shut up. Moving on. Because um, yeah, today, very good news today. Uh, mark your calendars, December 4th. Awesome stuff happened in the world. Okay, we got to Portland. The Dakota Access <laughs> Pipeline was was um, denied. The army the easement was denied. Yeah, the easement was denied. So it's the the sta- standing. Fuck you, big oil. Well, hold on. Yeah, yes, fuck big oil. But like Barack Obama and the Army Corps of Engineers and everybody who's been protesting for fucking ever. I feel like this protest has been going. I I don't know the actual timeline, but this protest has been going on for like for what ages. since this summer. Yeah. Um. And then all the vets just went out there, and I feel like that lately, again, we saw, like, social media push has made a difference, like, it, but again, well, I don't want to get too far into it. But CNN, like, only just was there, what, a couple of days ago? Yeah, but nobody pays attention. It's been going attention. on forever. Nobody pays attention to mainstream media I, anymore. I don't know if it was CNN it's, or whatever, but... Well, 
the fact that this hasn't been the biggest story in America. Well, okay, there was like this other guy who's been snagging a lot of headlines just lately. But like, f- fuck every single mainstream. Media oh, I'm with you. Source. I'm with you. But that is a more of a topic for another <laughs> podcast, a different one. So we're happy because the Dakota Access Pipeline what uh, isn't happening. I cried. We're yeah, we're very, 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 okay. very fucking glad about that. But moving on, um, we went to Portland, and now you have another saga, uh, another portion of your saga at Wicked Good Inc. Mm-hmm. You mean a session? I had another session. Another portion of your saga is what you happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. At Wicked Good Inc. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Keep in mind that this is, was a grand event. Moving on. Was it? We started off the session by looking at pictures of Victorian porn. Yeah, it was sweet. Like, again, <laughs> the absolute coolest fucking tattoo parlor I've ever been in. I read, I read, I did like brief dramatic readings of homosexual unicorn pornography. Um, I read uh, gay gorilla porn. I read. Oh, what's the, guy, what's the guy's the name? Apocalypse. He's a very famous. I can't remember. Oh, absolutely shit can't balls. remember oh. um what i actually did well most of the time was when we weren't talking with the coolest tattoo artist of ever who's ever lived um seriously you guys should go check out um her personal account if it's not private it is she private. oh it is yeah dang so f- go follow her go yeah go follow <laughs> and her. check it out um she, she posts the weirdest fucking coolest shit. most amazing is what bird's trying she's to say she's definitely like uh What's, I don't know. Okay, Neo Dadaist absurdist filmmaker. She's and a piece of art herself. Like her life is like a continuous like piece of artwork. Okay, she has two <laughs> Instagram accounts. One of them is public. That's Lauren Iris Tattoo. Yes. Okay. Yep. L O R A N I R I S Tattoo. Um, go and check that out. Her work is amazing. But then the other one is freaking get at it. Freaking eat it. No, is that what it is? I think so. Freaking eat it. Um, I can't remember. It's something like that. But like again, like of all the people that you should be following, like don't don't follow, don't don't follow. Uh, you know, yeah, Justin freaking Bieber. eat it. Okay, freaking yeah. eat it. Go and follow. It's her name's Lauren. Um, L O R A N. Like this is a person you should be following. The the stuff that she does is just absolute absurdity. I think one of my she- favorite posts is her friend doing a cover of Wonderwall. Except it's just her friend wearing a fetish mask with a piece of bologna stuffed in the mouth hole with an acoustic guitar, which she's just strumming randomly on and screaming at the top of her lungs and shaking like she's having an epileptic seizure. Like, this... She posts things that make me very uncomfortable. Oh my god, everything about... Like, but uncomfortable in a good way. You're not a squeamish person. You, I know, it's but weird. like, like um, Uncanny Valley? Oh yeah. Slash, like nausea inducing food things there is some uncanny valley <laughs> stuff like she just posted a picture of some silicone feet the other day which oh my are god like, they freak me out yeah they're really weird they and they have beavis so and butthead bad. on the on top of them no 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 no. these are like socks or something silicone socks or something that go over her own feet because those are her feet what i know she's but wearing it's like, silicone socks like imagine um what are those vibrams imagine those but they're just like a silicone toe sock 
Oh my god! And it's flesh colored, like Caucasian flesh, and it has nine, no toenails on it. This just became nine hundred percent more creepy. But again, like it so me cool, so much. <laughs> um, is Iris her last name, or is that I like, would assume it's or her maybe her middle art, name or her art name? I don't. Anyway, know. man, uh, she's she. One of the things she mentioned the other day while we were uh, yesterday while we were you were getting your tattoo is that she's trying to build a cult following. And I encourage every single fucking join person. Join the cult. Join the cult. She is she is so much fun to follow on Instagram. Like, you'll be scrolling through your feed and you're you like. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, you're like, oh, Mark Ruffalo is saying something really inspiring. That's cool. Oh, um, she's, here she is. She's, she's wearing a mask made of lunch meat, eating lunch meat through the hole and then chewing her own lunch, lunch meat, meat face, face off. off it's fucking <laughs> awesome like i cannot stress enough how cool this or laying is. face down in a patch of dirt in, in a, a dress in a white dress so amazing like oh dancing with giant bunnies in the woods uh, anyway um, anyway this eating is, those red hot dogs that you always see at the grocery pink slime, store pink slime hot and dogs avoid in a bathtub in a bathtub with a lush bath bomb going in it and mayonnaise, mustard, and a ketchup mix. Apparently, she said uh, her skin has never been so soft in her life. So, health and beauty tips with Lauren. With Lauren Iris. But, oh my god, seriously. Like, this is... These are one of the... She's one of those people who, like, might be... Eventually be, like, Andy Warhol or Man Ray or, like, one of those crazy insane amazing artists who does stuff where people just stop and stare and then their lives are different go follow her but you had your second session so your tattoo is now let's say what uh, uh twice as big twice as big so one two three let's say four five it's two-fifths of the way done i'm gonna say your tattoo yes yeah that would be my guess um yep. so we now have tattooed the, my right boob we, yeah your right boob is tattooed you've got um i mean boob Peck oh my god how region. many different how many different plants are there can you four. walk, four walk me through them what mm-hmm. are they mm-hmm. um this just... one up near my collarbone is Weed. blue vervain no blue vervain that's what i meant to say fuck you no <laughs> i'm kidding okay blue vervain um, uh we got raspberries yep and then in the center here is um saint john's wort hmm. and then down at the bottom is the fern the bracken okay um yeah, and we just did, or no, we, I didn't do shit. I just read, I, what I did was. You actually were quite unhelpful this time around. Was I supposed to be helpful? I, it, it might have helped more for you to like engage me and maybe talking and distracted. Oh yeah, I just read so a I just kind of had to like zen out and kind of do breathing this exercises. Was, this was the biggest piece of work that Bird's ever had done at one go. It's a very, it's a fairly large piece of oh it's it's big like the artwork that was done yesterday it's, is very it's extensive sizable. yeah it's like half of bird's chest was tattooed yesterday so yeah i i got sucked into a um the bookcase in lauren's room is incredible it's um uh, I was she has re- weird stuff on there like I mean, really good i was reading a, a lou reed biography and actually i'm really happy because i finished exactly one chapter so now i know where my place is next time oh, good. We go in, which i think I, ha- I will have that day off hopefully so i can read chapter two. Oh, i should request that off okay mm, yeah um so, so yeah, there, yeah and uh there's pictures of your tattoo there's a up picture on yep. a picture one okay. on facebook slash instagram <gasps> people aren't Same. gonna see your nipple are they oh heaven forbid <laughs> No pornography. Uh, <laughs> all right, so 
Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Penny Dreadful? Oh my god. Oh my god. If you haven't watched it, go fucking watch it. I do kind of not like so how Vanessa good. Ives uses tarot cards because she's appropriating gypsy culture. It's sort of like whitewashing. <sighs> I'm sorry. That was just my, that was me stabbing back from Doctor Strange. That's my. Shut up. You like Penny Dreadful too? I fucking love Penny Dreadful. See? It's like See? the coolest shit Blow ever. Me. No, I'm not. I was joking. Again, like, I have no problem with the whitewashing and Doctor Strange. <laughs> I mean, no. So Penny Dreadful is, like, totally killer. Um, I, It's been in my list forever, and I just kind of have never given a shit about it because people keep telling me what it's about. And here's, like, how the pitch goes. They're like, oh, it's this great show that blends, like, Frankenstein, Dracula, Jack the Ripper, and... um. And the portrait of Dorian Gray all together into like one world and it follows like their adventures. And when you just hear that and when you read that on paper, that sounds really stupid, right? Yeah, it sounds contrived. It sounds contrived and it sounds like it could be like kind of really bad. Like it could be like like a penny dreadful. Well, if you will. no, no. I mean, yeah, I guess. But it sounds like a weird D&D campaign. I'm really stuck on Dungeons mm. and Dragons today. Um, but no, it's fuck. It's I think it's, it incorporates Poe too as well. It's sharp. It's so sharp, and it's oh, so yeah, it's well so written, good. and it's so amazingly well shot. So good. Penny Dreadful is um, is constantly American horror story at its best, but set in like Victorian England, which I love. Oh my god, the, I costumes, love the costumes are amazing. Oh the acting god. is amazing, and the sets. even an actress who oh you hate, one of yeah, thousands of actresses that you hate. Shut she's up. She's amazing. Uh, you, you come on. You, you even dig Eva Green in this, right? I do. Yeah, she's really good in this. She was really shitty in the second Sin City movie. She was naked the almost the whole film, which was cool because you know. She's incredible, and I've always wanted to see what she looks like naked because I'm a high school boy. I have a total crush on her. Like, oh, going all the way okay. back to Casino Royale, I have okay, a crush on okay. her. I think her gigantic eyes are, like, the most mesmerizing. I don't know. Her eyes kind of freak me out. That's what I like about them is they make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but, yeah, if oh, Penny Dreadful's totally killer. And you know the best part about how much I love this fucking series? I've only seen, like... Four episodes, all out of order, because <laughs> Bird, like Bird, just Sorry. started watching it and just plowed through. And been binge watching. I started episode three. I saw three and four, and then I missed some shit. And then I sit down to watch the episodes with Bird again. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What a great show! <laughs> and the best part of that is Bird's like, oh, you missed all the good episodes. This one's kind of crappy. And meanwhile, I'm like crying and rock hard. And like, this show's fucking so good. And Bird's like, I'm sorry, babe. That one wasn't that great. And I'm just like, I am sticky. That show was, (laughs) this is the best show I've ever seen. I put this show like right up there with like the amount of pleasure I got watching. This is just like slightly under like one decibel under what it was like watching True Detective season one. 
Which is maybe it still for me stands as the best thing ever ever turned into a show. I don't think you get better than True Detective. Game of Thrones, go fuck yourself. True Detective Mm. season. I like. No, no, don't get me wrong. I love Game of Thrones, but you put True Detective in the room. I'm gonna boot Game of Thrones to the curb, and I'm gonna go and just just kiss the big shiny shiny leather boot of True Detective over Mm. and over again. Or should I say the dusty nihilistic boot of True Detective? Yes. But yes. Penny Dreadful is really, really good. So excellent. Also, strong, uh, actual strong feminist character as in the lead role. Who? I am pleased. We determined, we determined after much research, actually is in fact. (laughs) Single Google search. (laughs) No, I did more research today. There's articles about her on like the cannabis and stuff like that. Like big, yeah. Uh, Vanessa Ives totally smokes marijuana like all the way through the show. Um, it's a good thing because she would need it. Yeah, of all the people who should be smoking, she would she would get her card in a snap. But yeah, so I thought that was cool too. Like a character, and they don't do like, oh, she's smoking weed, and now we're gonna do a montage of her like lounging and lolling around. She's a totally functioning, normal human being who just happens to. Well, if you think about it, probably the weed back then was like meh. Weaker. Yeah. Like 1960s weed? Yeah. Be like drinking a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, I just, out. I just read the other day that there's a strain that they just Take found edge off. that was t- like 28.1% THC. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Whereas like, I'm pretty sure the stuff in the 60s was like between 6 and 9% or something like that at like its strongest. Jesus. So yeah. Um. Okay. We're living in crazy times. Um, so what do you tell, but we've just, I've just been slobbering all over Penny Dreadful. What do you actually like about it? Like, let's dig in. Oh, Jesus. Um, well, besides. Oh, by the way, spoilers, like mega spoilers. I don't know if Mm. there will actually be spoilers and Penny Dreadful is a relatively old show. So we're coming really late to the party, but if you haven't watched it, but if you haven't watched it. Like spoilers, because in our review we may inadvertently give away stuff. Um, I love the relationships that the characters have with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all very convoluted. They just live in a gray area. Um, it feels very real. Yeah. Um, there's the character emotional. Work is really good. Yeah. You you connect with them emotionally. I have cried on multiple occasions. Oh, the one time you cried though, I like knew why because it was so resonant with like your personal <laughs> oh, stuff. I was like, I know why she's crying. No. Um, but hey, um, really yes. quick, just before we, because I would like to talk about like nitty gritty stuff, like uh, detail stuff. But okay. can you pitch this show that pee popped so bad I could hear it? Um, <laughs> can you? Uh, it's called a plosive, and if you do no, a- no, 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 I don't understand what you're asking me to oh, do. Oh, pitch the show to our audience in not a shitty way. Like what? every every time someone's told me about no, I, I just want to lay it out. Like tell us who the characters are and what the basic plot is, so that they know what we're talking about and might get interested. Okay, in. everyone um, who's ever described this show to me has not done a great job. Okay, so it is. Um- it is the characters from all these things. Right. But it's not like they just um, cut and pasted them all together. They all... Um, it's like a reimagining. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody fits together very naturally. Um, it's sort of like if you took... Um, I don't even... 
like um, if you were to revamp a an old cartoon show from our childhood and just kind of pull all of these different characters together and retell from square one. Um, that's kind of what they did, but they just all, they just said that these things were all happening at the same time. These characters all happen to know each other. There's apparently a name for this. It's called Wald Newton Universe. Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. talks about it. It's like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where they blend together. It, it is very League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. but way better. Uh, okay, Bird is talking about the movie League of Extraordinary yes, Gentlemen. Yes, the comics yes. are pretty hard to be better than. They're amazing. Um, but... A big thing for me with Penny Dreadful, which I think is important to note, is this is not a PG or PG-13 show. Oh, no. I've seen multiple dicks. We have seen... Uh, pardon my friendship, you're sensitive. We, it's a star we've, show. We've heard... We've heard... Fuck is, like, regularly used. We've heard cunt, cunt repeatedly. Yeah. Um, there's... There's boobs. There's dicks. There's lots of dicks. There's there's, v- there's vaginas, yeah. like full nudity all the time. Yeah. Sex, lots sex, of really sex, weird occulty yeah. witchcraft, like orgy sex. Mm-hmm. There's tons of gay sex. Yeah, yeah, they don't shy away from the no, gay this, sex. No, this show, the gay sex. The gay sex. I've noticed that this show does portray the gays quite frequently. Um, and actually, favorably. just fav- extremely favorably, Very Dorian Gray. Sexy. I would, I would, I would go down on Dorian Gray. That actor, Dude, yeah, I he's would, a I would do it, but only if you were present and were cool with it, because uh, okay. that's <laughs> healthy. I don't know. Um, and uh, then just the last episode we watched, there was a um, trans character, a trans character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's like Angelique. El- Angelique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, by the way, no last name. I would. <laughs> Like Cher or Madonna, but that didn't. That's not a line from that. Um, but no, I would like to point out, and Bird can back me up on this. The moment I saw the character, I was like, "That's a guy." And Bird's like, "What? No, it can't." They were very coy about the shooting of it. Which shooting? The way that they shot that scene, I felt that they were very coy about it. Yeah, I mean, and it's not that it there. It's not like there was a mustache and stubble, and the actor was no, like, "Hi, no. big boy." But no, like it was she's very convincing i don't know if the actor is no you... the actor is the actor's male no but johnny is the, something but is the actor straight male i don't know well what i'm I wondering is no what i'm wondering is when i'm talking about this character mm-hmm. because the character is trans do i refer to him as she and because her the character is she yeah but the act but if the actor is, do you think i don't know see you would is... refer to the actor as male because the actor's male that's true so but what if the um, what I'm asking is, do you think the actor's trans? This is a social issue. We can't talk about this. Oh my god! No. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know. don't. I don't no, know. I was po- I was postulating a hypothetical. I was trying to figure out like how you would navigate that normally, like a, a like a straight male heteronormative actor playing like a homosexual or bisexual trans character. How would that would that's an interesting little pronoun ex- um, exercise? Wouldn't they be heterosexual? Which. Angelique. Angelique would be... Because she goes for Dorian Gray, who is male. Hmm. I guess that really depends. So that would be hetero. I'm going to say that depends on how Angelique identifies. Okay, we'll I'll have to phone her and find out. I mean, have to we'll keep, have, to have to keep watching. Drop by and ask I, her. It seems to be pretty obvious that she's identifying as female. So that would make her hetero, yes. Okay. Okay. So. Moving on. Good. 
I'm going to just copy and paste that all over into Soapbox Battles. The Soapbox Great. Battles review of Penny yeah. Dreadful. It's awesome. Oh, my God. We give it a feminist thumbs up. We do. Um, And I like that um, when they're portraying these things, they're not um, stigmatizing it or um, showing any sort of bias. It's all just everything. out there. Everything is really seems to be very accepted. All of I'm going to say this: all of the most of the main characters are pretty groovy. They're just down mm-hmm. with whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when Ives, when um, Vanessa Ives is walking around smoking a joint, she shares it with the um, Josh Hartnett makes an awesome performance. Right? Like, what's the last thing he was in? I thought he was dead or something. Oh my god, he was in uh, <laughs> blue something. Yeah, shit. He was in a movie with Harrison Ford, which was actually pretty good about two oh, cops. Okay, but um, yeah, she. It's she, a little bit weird to me that I'm attracted to him, and he looks so much like your brother. It's kind of freaky. Mm, yeah, that's a good thing for my brother. Uh, I'm definitely uh, not okay no. with that at all. No. Well, no. here it is: the on-air divorce of Max. <laughs> things i just can't reconcile Uh, um no but like setting for me she's just like smoking and she's like would you would you care for some of my and he's like i don't take tobacco and she's like neither Neither do i do Do you hear in a god of the playing somewhere nearby (laughs) on a calliope but yeah but he's just totally down with it he's like oh right on this is this is weed cool i'm an american and everybody makes a big deal that he's american there's like uh, like there's characters who are estranged and then like weird, maybe, I mean, yeah, everybody's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like they don't stigmatize. I don't think they stigmatize anything. Anything. Really. It's just sort of presented and that's the way things are. Right. Which, Which I, I guess really like. is kind of what England was at the time. Victorian England was on the surface, very buttoned up and very straight laced. But like this was when John Wilmot was like one of the biggest poets in the land. John John Wilmot, Earl of Roch, um, the Libertine. Oh, pretty, yeah, same. I'm pretty oh. sure this is the same time period. Yeah, feisty. So like, this is England at its most like orgy. Yeah, most drug drug addled orgy. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. the basic plot is like. Uh, actually, I have seen fewer episodes than you, but what I gather is there's like a house they're in like London. They're like a supernatural crime-fighting team. Kind of, but of but they're not like so Island much Island of Misfit Toys. It doesn't feel so much like a team as it feels like a like an, a, like an occult society or like a yeah. gentleman's club with a female member or like a... It's like a... Uh, it's like a high society group that like deals with occult witchings and goings on and season one focuses on trying to get back mina harker from dra uh from dracula and like fighting against dracula season two seems to be all about witches but oh it's so cool it's so fucking good um frankenstein's a main character he is a complicated guy again like it's not easy to just draw and i love how as the series has been going on they just keep peeling back the layers of these characters and revealing more again the writing is so good because like frankenstein's monster when you first meet him you're like what a fucking cock i hate this guy he's and then you're like i like this guy he's pretty awesome Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh my god he did something else horrible what a whore and then he does he's like talks says like five lines and you're like quotes beautiful poetry he's okay like you can these are not black and white characters these are not cardboard cutouts these are like 
real people with depth. This is like some of the best writing I've ever seen. Frankenstein's the same way. You like you feel for him and you see his childhood and then you see him like being kind of a pseudo rapist sexual assaulter and you're like, "Oh, that's yeah. not okay at all." And then you see like weird moments of tenderness where you realize that this is just because he lost his mother at a young age and had a weird relationship with death and you're like, "That doesn't really excuse it." And oh. he has a heroin addiction. Does he? Yeah. Stuff I've missed. Yeah. Gotta go back and watch some of those episodes. Do it. Do they stigmatize his heroin use? They don't. They just talk about it very briefly. Him and Sir Malcolm, and they move on. Wow. There was a guest on a Joe Rogan podcast once who said that all drugs should be destigmatized. Like, everything all the way up to, like, meth and heroin and everything. And he was basically just saying, like, just make sure that everything that people are getting is pure and that they know what doses to take he was very interested i mean it's an interesting conversation but i was listening to it and he was like oh yeah you wake up in the morning there's nothing that really gets get you know gets your gets some pep in your step like a little bit of crack and then i know and i'm like listening to this and i'm like i'm gonna go ahead and say maybe coffee (laughs) (laughs) which is also a drug what about yeah but like (laughs) I don't want to. I don't want to demonize anybody's habit or anything. But I'm gonna go ahead and just. I'm gonna make this bold statement and say, that coffee, not as harmful for you as crack. Not the same thing. You sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I know this is a radical yeah. statement. I know yeah. I said I was gonna avoid controversial social mm-hmm. issues, but this is the, this is the Chapman and Robin stance. Caffeine, not as dangerous as crack. But then he was even saying he's like, if you need to calm down, like right before you go out on stage, just pop a couple Xanax or whatever. And I'm like. He's just like mood modulating throughout the entire day using all kinds of different uppers and downers. And he was saying like, oh yeah, scientists are lying. Drugs, there's no evidence to show that any of these drugs have negative harmful effects. It's the impurities. That's what he says. It's the shit they're cutting it with Mm. that fucks you up. I'm like, I don't think baby laxative is what's rotting your face and teeth off. (laughs) I just just don't think baby laxative is responsible for that. And then you know what? When you need to get to bed, when you got to go to sleep, Touch of heroin. Oh, great! It's basically great. like like what's that stuff that you used to that you used to take the um, the sleeping stuff? It wasn't sleeping meds. It was like that supplement. Melatonin. Melatonin, which never fucking works. heroin. Just groggy as heroin hell. is essentially melatonin. It's like you know sometimes when you're going to bed and you're not sick, but you take a little shot of Nyquil just to help you go down. Actually, as I recall, you used to do. I used to do that. Nyquil and Jaeger. Yeah, dude. I remember. You want to knock yourself out? But I used to come home and bird would like really smell strongly of Nyquil, and I'm like, mm, the licorice smell. Hmm. I'm like, this. You smell like licorice. Did you take Nyquil? And you're like, yeah, Nyquil and two shots of Jaeger, and it put her out. I mean, it did. Like she fell a fuck asleep. Like, <laughs> really? Not the healthiest decision I've ever. It wasn't, made. and it was short lived. I think you only did it for a couple weeks, which I'm glad that it. That happened. Until we ran out of Jaeger and I was too lazy to go buy more. We would have been a much cooler couple if you would have just. I was just mood modulating. There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's the impurities in the Jaeger (laughs) that's fucking you up. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It's like Alice got me to try bulletproof coffee once and I actually really dug it. So I think maybe for like the next couple weeks, I'm going to wake up and just, I'm going to set aside my cup of coffee and just try some crack. Just a little podcast experiment. Ew. <laughs> and then since once the sun goes down, I'll just touch just, just a touch, a sous of heroin. 
we'd be able to find that really easily. Every yeah, Yay. we're in the right fucking town for heroin. I'll just open the window and be like, uh, "Privy, sir, have you any heroin? <laughs> you there, boy? Take these pence and run me to run thee to the market. Find me the the stickiest, ickiest bag of heroin that you thee can find. <laughs> cut or uncut, sir." Tis Christmas, boy. The purest black tar opium. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm a little fucked up. The purest black tar heroin thee can find. And Merry Christmas. And he's scratching his scabs and sores as he waddles Whoa. off. Oh. <laughs> uh, can you imagine me trying to do a podcast with a little bit of heroin in me? Just nodding the fuck out, being like, yeah, man, Penny Dreadful is really good. Yeah. Penny, Penny yeah. Dreadful. Yeah. You know, Frank? I can't imagine you ever doing needle drugs. You you wouldn't be able to do it. Nope. Mm-mm. You'd be freaking yeah, out. I would have to do the blotter method. I'd be way more comfortable with that than I would with fucking super, needle. You get like super sweaty if you even have to like get blood. And That's stuff. with needles though. You like I could do that. Yeah. No, I, it's not that I get woozy. I just get like clammy. I get like a, <gasps> I get like a flop sweat going. Like that cold. You don't get like nauseous, like lightheaded, no. like you're gonna pass out. Mm-mm. I don't get oh. that. I just get like, like. I, I get like the the five thousand yard stare and tunnel vision really bad. Not like I'm gonna black out, but like I'm like staring at the t- like the the hang in there poster on the doctor's <laughs> office wall, and I'm just like covered in a freezing cold sweat, and I'm just like, oh man, oh man, oh. do it, doc, do it. And she's like, I've been done for how ten minutes. Is it, how is it for you watching me get tattooed then? No problem at all. Really? Yeah, I used to be more scared of tattoos until they did this little guy on my finger, and I was like, oh. This goes in like an eighth, a thirty sixty fourth of an inch. It's barely a three sixty fourth. Okay, a three hundred and sixty fourth of an inch. <laughs> like this is not the needles I'm scared of. If if tattooing was done with a needle like as long as my forearm, and they just like stabbed you with it over and over again, I have would... you seen um, traditional? <clears throat> I think it's like Indian tattoo. Yeah, I have no. I don't have any trouble with that either. No, that's not what grosses me out. It's the idea of the tube. The little metal tube in my vein that grosses me out. I think it's the. You didn't I- have a problem watching me get pierced either. Nope. I, Why? I loved that's it. I thought it was same so cool. Thing. No, it's just you know what it is. If we're totally honest, and you want, it's not a social issue. I guess it's a psychological issue. I think we're conditioned in this country to be mm-hmm. scared of needles because our first experiences with needles as children are vaccines, which totally cause autism, by the way. I'm kidding. That's a fucking joke, people. Get your kids fucking vaccinated. Oh. Anyway, um, um, like your first experience in a doctor's office is getting vaccinated and everyone's like, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. So, Oh, it's hurting. Oh, my God. He's screaming. Why won't he stop screaming? It's like childbirth in the U.S. We're the only country in the world where women are like, give me the drugs. I'm having and a like baby. Screaming. Other countries, women have birth, give birth silently. silently. Be- because, and also in like a squatting position rather than like the most unnatural and worst position ever. Why? Well, we can't Why? have them squatting because they already built the tables that way. You know how expensive it would be to change them <laughs> <laughs> What these women need um, is some crack. That'll get them through it. Well, you know, I don't remember also a joke. ever um, being afraid of getting shots. As I'm, a child, I don't, I don't think that I had a problem with that. Bartender Dave knows I'm not afraid to get some shots. No. Shot, shot, Fill shot, me shot. up with shots. I ain't scared. Yeah. Um. 
But no, like I have no it's no trouble with tattoos, no trouble with watching you get pierced, no trouble with any of that. Like I have no, but the idea of like in a medical doctor setting, needles are fucking terrifying. In an alley, if some dude was like, hey, uh, well, here, you want some of this? I'm going to just stick you with it. Or like, you know, like if, if someone handed me a needle and was like, shoot that saline into your arm or I'm going to fucking do something bad. I would like, without hesitation, I could stick myself. No problem. And in a non-medical setting. But if I was in like a doctor's office and a doctor like swabbed my arm and handed me a syringe and was like, you need to do this to yourself. I'd be like, I can't do it, doc. I can't fucking do it. I don't think I could. I don't think I could give myself a shot. Like, I don't think I could pierce myself. I don't think I could tattoo myself. That's why I say blotter method if I ever did needle drugs, which is where you just, you cut yourself. You make a little hole with like a tip of a knife and then you take like a little dropper. Nope. And you stick the dropper in the hole nope. and you push it. I would I would much rather do that no. than put a needle in myself. <laughs> no. <laughs> <gasps> I just, I can't. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> Even though I know, like, it doesn't hurt that bad. What, I needles? I just can't. Or, yeah. Or slicing. Like, I, no, any of it. Mm. I just can't. I can't do it to myself. We need to eat less sugar then, because if we become diabetic and need to... I'll be fucked. Yeah, so... Uh, ben and Jerry's, we have to scale back on that. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to actually start smoking weed rather than just ben talking about it. Yeah, sorry. My favorite menage Guys. a trois. Ben and Jerry in my <laughs> mouth. Mmm... <laughs> <laughs> So oh creamy. my god! How did we get on this huge tangent about drugs? It was a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, penny dreadful. Penny dreadful, right? Because doing heroin. Oh right, because pseudo rapist, sad boy, Doctor Frankenstein yeah. does it again. Though, like his eye makeup though makes me crazy. I have never noticed his eye makeup. He has like red rimmed eyes. Red rimmed. Mm, yeah, because he doesn't sleep much because he's fascinated with death. But these characters are really, really well drawn. Again, not they don't read like characters at all. It's like watching real people. You should watch Penny Dreadful. Go and watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Um. All right. How are we doing? We're doing good. Do you got anything else? I mean, no, that's that's so. pretty much it. That's all I had. Uh, you don't want to talk about lo-fi lullabies? Nah. What? Do it. All right. Do it. Okay, so... I've mentioned it here and there, kind of casually, on the podcast, but I've been recording two... I've been simultaneously recording two EPs. I was recording a country EP. Well, no. I started recording an album, uh, a little uh, four-track EP. By the way, um, yes, four songs, but each of them are like nine minutes long, so it's like almost a full-length album. Um, So it's called Lo-Fi Lullabies, and the whole idea was like to do the music that my brother hates because i could yeah i can hear you breathing um, <laughs> because i could never do the kind of music i wanted to play because sam always found it like really tiresome and and boring and he's like understandable no no one's gonna listen to this <laughs> um because you know it's me and when me and sam were in a band we started as like a punk band and then we just became like rock you know mm-hmm. like rock and like some blues and i've always been interested in like ambient um music and like stoner rock and drone and like shoegaze and lo-fi i love all those genres so i wanted to make an album that blended them all together and explore like some themes that i'm interested in but you can read about that on my website um 
but I had to stop because I didn't have an amp. The, the whole idea was like layering feedback and creating sonic soundscapes and things like that. But I had no. Ala Lou Reed. Yeah, like Lou Reed's Metal Machine music was a total formative album for me, which I get laughed at a lot for liking that album as much as I do. But dude, that album like completely informed. How are you introduced to that? Metal Machine music? Yeah. Neil Gaiman, he says that if you oh. ever wanted to hear hell playing in the background, Lou Reed, what? Metal Machine music. Yeah. He, That's really not how I feel about that when album. When he wrote um, Season of Mists, the Sandman volume where uh-huh. Lucifer decides to just close hell, kick everybody out of hell and give Dream the key to uh-huh. hell. When all of the hell stuff, everything in hell, Neil Gaiman said he played Metal Machine music on endless repeat the whole time Ugh. he wrote it. He listened to nothing but Metal Machine music, which for real, if you haven't heard it, is a fucking brilliant album. I have a first, uh, I have a German first pressing of it, and it's still my my life's goal to find a first American pressing of it. Because the American first pressing is the one that has the locked ring. Mm. They're really rare. I looked them up. They're they're very hard to find. But I do have a first German pressing of it. It's one of my favorite albums ever. Um, but yeah, kind of a la Lou Reed, kind of a la Jim Jarmusch's band Squirrel. Um, a lot of what I did was informed by like a bunch of playlists I found on 8-tracks, which are like feedback loops and harmonics and stuff like that. So I started recording this album, and then I had to stop because I had no amplifier, I had no, <laughs> no like power chords, I had no speakers. I'm like, oh, I can't do an electric album. I can't do feedback if I don't have a weight. I don't if I don't have an amplifier. So I started recording a country EP because all I need is an uh, acoustic guitar to do that. Then my lovely, wonderful, amazing, super cool, fucking groovy cousin Tim uh, lent me an amp. And once I had that, I was good to go. And over the course Off of... Off and running, as they say. Over the course of three days, I recorded the whole EP. I recorded everything. Um, there's two things I have left to record. I have to record one acoustic track, which is in open D minor tuning. I'm having a little bit of trouble. just. Tra- I'm ha- having recording um, the recording jitters. I've played this... I wrote this song a year ago. I've been playing it, like, constantly. I can play the fucking song, but every time I hit record, my fingers forget, like, how shit works, and I can't play it. I turn the recording off, I'll practice it five times, play it flawlessly, hit record, and I fuck it up. It's... I'm getting, like, stage fright alone in our apartment. Why don't you just play something else first and then just go into it? Yeah, I mean... You, I've been trying to trick my brain. Usually I... Or what just I, keep recording. Usually what I do is I just beat my head against it until I... <laughs> get it done but um so yeah i've got i gotta record that and then i'm gonna do a, a couple more i have to record the feedback do you have to do it all in one take uh no i'm actually gonna do it in two takes i'm splitting it into two parts because there's a part that's relatively easy which apparently not but there's a part that's relatively easy and then there's a really complex part so i'm gonna play the relatively easy part because it's like three minutes long and if i fuck i, I don't want to fuck it up at the really complex part and then have to keep recording the three minutes over and over Mm -hmm. and over again so i got one song left and then i'm gonna try and do some like layering i'm gonna do some more like feedback layering but honestly at this point i've got like maybe a couple hours of recording so long i'm almost done recording um i'm gonna spend i've got two more days off this week uh i'm gonna spend a mixing and then the album will be done like i if all goes well, fingers crossed, I got my laptop back. It's not overheating anymore. It's running fine. If all goes well, I'll have the album done by this weekend, which means if I can figure out what the fuck I'm going to do for album art, 
Um, you and me need to do some brainstorming sessions on that, boo. Um, if I can get some album art put together by Saturday, that means that I can have... I can have this up and on my online store, hopefully in digital and CD copies. This is your sort of like witchy, right? Yeah, this is sludge drone, whatever. Yeah, this is the this is the witchy album for sure. I've got two songs on there which I I almost consider to be like audio rituals or like sonic okay. rituals. Um, Let me add it. Okay, I'll turn you loose on it. Okay. Um. I would love. He's right up my alley right now. So yeah, I mean, if you want to listen to the tracks, you don't have to listen <laughs> to the tracks. You really don't. But like, if you want to get a sense, let's of, talk about it, and you can give me like a vibe or a word. We can we can do some um, what's that bubble brainstorming thing? Uh, the like brain mapping thing yeah, where you make sure. the the idea map, word map, the spokes or whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll I showed you I showed you that track the other day where I play the cigar box sitar. Oh yeah, that's cool. And I do the three part harmony chanting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the uh, the album should be done by Saturday. So t- oh, let's sweet. see. Uh, you're listening to this on the seventh. Hopefully by the tenth, this that you should be able to go on my website and find it if you want to listen to it and check it out. And um, I'm hope. I mean. She kind of like casually mentioned it, but I, I'm, I'm thinking more and more about seeing if Lauren would be interested in doing a music video, <laughs> like a really, Sweet. W- yeah, a really weird like Dadaist yeah. like ritual video to go with like the weird music that I'm putting out. That too. would be cool. Like in all seriousness, though, I'm like saying the music is the stuff that Sam like hates and nobody wants to listen to, but. This is music that I'm really, really excited about and really, really dig. This is the stuff that I really fucking love to listen to. This is what I go and seek out. And there, but I've never heard anything quite like what I'm doing, which is why I made it. Because I'm like, ooh, now I can sit here narcissistically and listen to music that I like that I made. Anyway, um, yeah, my plan is to get it out as quickly as I can, uh, get it up and get it ready for people to listen to, but then send it to record labels. I got a bunch of different records it's not like i'm gonna send it to geffen records and make a billion dollars one billion dollars one billion dollars um no i'm going to uh there's a bunch of little indie record labels i'm gonna send it to the first mm-hmm. one i'm gonna send it to is greenway records which you should actually maybe go and follow if, if you're into vinyl go and check them out on instagram it's just i think it's just green at greenway records but they uh they do like splatter vinyl Oh, cool! They do, yeah. They'll like they'll spin the vinyl and then like before they lacquer it and like flip paint on it and stuff, mm-hmm. and they'll like spin it on a lathe really fast so it creates like um, textures in the vinyl while they're pressing it. Cool. And they do the forty five adapters that mm-hmm. um, have the the weird eyeball on them, and they just did a limited press of forty five adapters that are hollow and filled with um glow in the dark fluorescent green liquid with spark like glitter and sparkles. What? So while your record player is spinning, it's like swirling liquid sparkle. It's full of they're really, really cool. Greenway Records is cool if you're into vinyl and the music that they put out is actually pretty awesome too. It's a lot of like lo fi indie stuff, which is kinda what I'm doing. So I'm gonna send it I'm obviously gonna send copies of my album to uh Marcus Parks and the last podcast guys because i think they would dig it and i'm gonna send a copy i don't know how i'm going to i don't know where you send shit to get it to this guy but i'm gonna try and send a copy to jim jarmish too not because i want to like create (laughs) um opportunities like like jim jarmish is gonna call me and be like uh come and uh i can't his voice is so low i can't actually get that low but it's like 
um, why don't you come out and uh, play with us, man? Like, I, I mean, I just want to send it to him because those two guys are the reason I'm doing it. You know, like Jim Jarmusch and Squirrel is the reason I'm, I was like, oh my God, people are making music that I like. That They're actually making this music so I can do it too. And then mm-hmm. Marcus Parks, he, he recorded an album with his band in New York and he, uh, anyway. And now I'm just blabbering. Keep an eye out for music. Music's happening. It's coming in the future. It's, it's almost happening. It's almost done. I'm tired. Let's go to bed. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that was Chatman and Robin for this week. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. Holy podcast, Chatman.